Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Ruthless ST Radio Podcast. My name is Nicholas Bernal and I hope y'all are doing good. I've been doing good lately myself. So, this next uh, episode series that we're going to do, we're going to do, I don't know, 3, 4, should be about 3 or 4 episodes. Um, getting started into autocross. Uh, getting started from scratch, like I did about 4 years ago. And, you know, what research maybe you should do, uh, that's that's this week's episode. Uh, the next episode we're going to do is um, before track, before you go out uh, for your first event, maybe some prep ideas. Uh, the next episode will be, we'll cover, you know, at the track, uh, what you need to think about, that kind of thing. And then the episode after that, we will cover uh, just some more general tips and uh, an, an after-action report, if you will, uh, because it's a good idea after every event to kind of sit and reflect um, on your, maybe your findings, your results, that kind of thing. So, let's just jump into it. So, you want to get started, but you don't necessarily know uh, where to go, what to look at, you know, what websites to check out, that kind of thing. So, the most obvious one is the SCCA. Um, that's what all of our cars uh, here at Burnout Family Motorsports, that's what they're prepped for. They are prepped for SCCA and they are prepped for the street class. Um, what, what does that entail? Well, we'll get into that here in a couple minutes. Because uh, there, there's different levels, obviously. Uh, the one thing that I do like about the SCCA rulebook is that it is quite large and it's quite defined. Uh, as opposed to, say, the NASA rule book, which is they kind of just lump you into a class. And it's indexed, but I don't like how NASA is indexed compared to SCCA. Uh, because the classing isn't as defined. Um, you, you know, and, and those are the two main clubs. Uh, and then maybe in your area you don't have maybe an SCCA region or a NASA region. Uh, maybe you have, say, an independent club, and that might be a little different. Uh, typically, most independent clubs uh, are based on the SCCA rules, or they take more of a uh, NASA rules approach. Um, and then on top of that, you know, there, there's different types of autocross, and I know some people might say, well, rallycross isn't necessarily part of autocross, and while that's also true, that's also not true because um, rallycross is basically autocross, except you're doing it on well dirt. Uh, and then there's the then there's a event called track cross, which I've not gone to yet, but it sounds lovely. Um, basically, uh, what I've gathered from research on that type of event is uh, they take a section of a track, a couple different sectors, and they race on it. It sounds pretty good to me, but we're, this uh, particular series is going to focus on autocross. Um, uh, if you're looking at SCCA, it's it's called the Solo Program, uh, and NASA, well, they they just call it autocross. Um, but we're going to focus on specifically SCCA Solo, and we might dip a little bit into Pro Solo. Uh, Pro Solo, for those that don't know, 
is a it's a type of event where you have a drag racing style start complete with a Christmas tree, and it is mirrored uh, mirrored versions of the same course. So not only are you looking at reaction time uh, and elapsed time, but you're looking at well, did they red light? Um, did they hit cones? That's always a thing. That kind of thing. So it brings a little bit of a different element into the compet the overall competitiveness of autocross as well. Uh, the SCCA, which is the Sports Car Club of America, as NASA as well is the I think it's the National Automobile Sporting Association, something like that. I'm not quite sure what NASA stands for. If someone knows, correct me. Um. But they've been around for, SCCA has been around for quite a while. Um, they've been around since about the 50s. Uh, if you remember, uh, Ford versus Ferrari is a good example of this. Uh, Ken Miles, before he competed at Le Mans, competed uh, in the SCCAs. I believe it was still called the Trans Am Series back then, uh, but I'm not positive on that. But that's what he competed in, uh, in a Shelby Cobra um, before... Uh, Carol Shelby made the uh, GT40, uh, just to give you a little bit of background there. So they've been around a while, and they they are they know what they're doing, and they do it quite well. Uh, there are typically four or five regions uh, per state, usually, depending on the state. Um, in Ohio, for example, there's the uh, there's the uh, Northeast Ohio region of the SCCA. The Northwest Ohio region of the SCCA, the Western Ohio region of the SCCA, which is actually my home region, um, and then I believe the other region of the SCCA is called the uh, Ohio Valley region, which is basically everyone else, and then Cincy also has their own region called Cincy SCCA, and those are the uh, major regions in Ohio, and in your state it could be a little different. Um, as I'm sure it is. So what you basically want to do is you would go to the SCCA website, and you would go to the... Uh, hold on just a second, I will find it. Uh, but it should be the... You go. You basically go to join, and then you um, put in your, your address information, and it'll actually give you your local region, uh, which is really nice. So that's how you find your region. So you found your region. Uh, you did maybe a little poking around on their region's website. So, for example, I would go to War SCCA. I believe it's .org. Yes, it's WarSCCA.org. Uh, I would hit Solo because that's what I'm interested in. And then the first place I would go to is the Schedule slash Results page, which gives you... All of the autocross events for the year and their dates. Now, obviously, because this is 2020, there are limitations necessarily. Well, not necessarily limitations, depending on the region, but difficulties with events due to the coronavirus. Uh, for example, uh, Cincy has to cap their events at 150 drivers, uh, and that's not a that's not a thing they want to do. But it's a thing they have to do to go race. Um, War, I don't believe, has that problem. Uh, and I don't believe OVR does either. But I could be wrong. Um, 
I haven't been to a an SCCA sanctioned event this year, so I'm not sure what the um, requirements are for that. Uh, as far as NASA goes, I don't believe they've started racing yet here locally to me. That could be different depending on where you are. Um, and it just depends on, you know, what club do you want to be a part of. Um, the SCCA membership uh, every year comes with um, a plethora of benefits. Uh, they comes with um, things like uh, I can go buy a new Mazda at a discount. Uh, I could, well, here, I'll list some of them off real quick. Um, but they have things like uh, rental car, um, discounts, discounts at, say, Dirtfish Rally School, uh, cool shirts, uh, G-Lock brakes, Carbotech brakes, um, uh, ju just a whole bunch of different discounts. And of course, they do have their own magazine uh, that is the, um, it's called uh, Sports Car, and it has uh, articles in it. You get, get them once a month like you do at all your other magazines. Uh, and it, fe it features regular columns by, say, Randy Popst. Uh, they, they always will give you updates on the state of the SCCA, which is always nice. And it's just a nice organization to be a part of. So that that's the that's the the publicity that the SCCA will get. So we'll move on to uh, we'll move on to a little bit about classing. Uh, the SCCA rulebook is very very large, and there are many many different classes to um, avail yourself to. The most common of which uh, that you're going to start in after you graduate from novice is street class, uh, which is basically, for example. Uh, I have a, you know, we, we, I have my 2014 Ford Focus ST, um, and uh, at first I pulled it right off the dealership lot when I bought it, and I think it was about two weeks later I was on an autocross course. Um, it wasn't good because uh, I didn't have the right tires on it. Uh, we'll get into that in a second, but that's kind of the idea. They want you to pull it straight off the showroom and go race. Uh, there are some exceptions. Uh, you do need a helmet, an S, a Snell, I think it's SA2010, I think is the minimum now uh, that they require. It might still be a 2005. I, I haven't paid too much attention to that because um, my helmet is uh, within spec. So back to classing. So typically what they'll do is they will give you a – your class designation is two letters. I think it's A through H, uh, and then also uh, it's typically an S, or you'll have an STH on the end of your class. Um, so uh, there's street, uh, street prepared, street touring. Actually, the, the, the correct ladder is this. So it's street, street touring, street prepared, prepared, and modified. And each class has several different restrictions. For example, in street, you can only uh, change one sway bar. Uh, you cannot change any of the intake holes or anything, so you can't uh, install a cold air intake. 
because that's modifying the stock airbox or deleting the stock airbox entirely. Uh, you can't have any tires that are stickier than a 200 treadwear. So the way that treadwear ratings work, just for a quick, quick crash course, uh, if you look on your tire, you will have a, a, it's called the UTQG rating, or treadwear rating. And the lower that number is, the stickier the tires are. And in street, and in, in most autocross series, it's not just SCCA, but in most uh, series, uh, in the stock class, the minimum treadwear rating is 200. And they do have to be a street legal uh, DOT approved tire. So what does that mean for tire manufacturers? Well, they could stamp a 200 on there, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a 200 treadwear tire. Uh, typically, they will lie about it. A perfect example is the Yokohama AO52. Um, it, it is a 200 treadwear tire, however, uh, it has been reported that it handles more like an 80 treadwear tire, which, if you look at the tire, you'll understand, because the grooves that are cut in it don't do much. Uh, they do just enough to get past the, to get rated by the DOT, but they are a very, very sticky tire. Um, so, so that's kind of a little bit more of a nuance. Um, there, there's ways around rules, there's ways to bend them, but you can't break them, because... If someone expects you, you know, accuses you of cheating, they can lodge a protest, and uh, worst case scenario, they they tear your car down to see exactly if you are cheating or not. I haven't had that experience, and I've also heard that experience is not lovely. Uh, typically, that'll only happen at national events. Typically, the regions are a little more lax, which is nice. Um, so I personally have raced in street class, uh, and I've raced in two different cars. I have raced our Corvette, uh, which runs in A Street, so it runs against uh, other Corvettes um, and some other uh, rear-wheel drive cars. I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, so A Street, uh, a, couple of, a couple of examples uh, rattling down the list here. Uh, the Gulia Quadrifolio, and I'm sure I mispronounced that wrong, but it's the new, um, it's the new, uh, Alfa Romeo sedan. Uh, we run against Camaros, uh, we run against Vipers, uh, we can, you can run the, uh, S2000 uh, Club Racer Edition, um, in A Street, um, the Lotus lineup. Um, the Mazda RX-7, the FD3, I believe it's called, uh, 93 to 95, uh, the SLK 55 AMG from Mercedes, uh, the Solstice Turbo, the GXP, uh, the Boxster, the 911, and that kind of thing. Then, the Focus races in G Street. So, typically the cars there are turbocharged hatchbacks. With, so, to give you an example, um, the uh, E93 uh, non-M3 3 Series, uh, the non-M3 uh, E46, 
the ATS uh, non-turbo and the ELR, uh, the Cobalt SS, the Chrysler 300 V6, the Caliber SRT4. I can I can keep going. Uh, the the newer uh, Civic Si, uh, the Genesis Coupe. Um, but but typically they're grouped by car types. So these are all front wheel drive cars usually. Uh, or the A Street, for example, is usually rear wheel drive front engine cars. That that's how they class them. Um, and like I said, SCCA classing is very good. Um, I I tend to like it a lot because it's very very specific. Um, and, and the more specific it is, personally, I think the better off you are. As far as um, being able to find something that is competitive for you, that that's one thing that autocross is all about. It's not necessarily it's about times compared to other people, yes, but it's more about what can you do, what can you get out of the car, and, and for you to improve. So, so that kind of brings us nicely into our next uh, bit, which is uh, prep. You know, you want to you prepare, right? You want to prepare before you go to an event. So when you're looking to go to your first event, all you might do, you might not buy tires yet because you don't know if you like it. You may, you may, you don't even have to buy a helmet typically uh, for your first event. 2020 is, again, a little different because of COVID, but it's always nicer to have your own helmet anyhow as opposed to using a loaner helmet, uh, which most clubs will have uh, available for you. Again, 2020 is a little different because COVID. So you want to set some expectations before you even go, before you even set out to the track. Um, do I like this? Am I going to like it? Um, you know, maybe, maybe set your, set a couple driving goals. Um, uh, look ahead, um, learn car, learn car control would be a good one for novices. Um, and just things like that. Um, you do want to consider buying your own safety gear. Uh, certainly no one is going to, uh, uh, dissuade you from doing so, um, but it's not necessarily required for your first time out. And one thing that's very good about autocross events is there's always we're we're a helpful bunch of people. Um, so even if you like, if you have any questions, you're more than welcome to walk up to someone and ask. You may not get an answer that um, you're looking for, you might get a you might get a couple different answers to the same problem, because everyone's car is different and everybody drives different. So what you want to do is you would want to take that advice and then adapt it to you. Um, and every SCCA member that I've run into, every autocrosser that I've run into. I was more than willing to let me to let me ride with them. Uh, perfect example. Uh, this wasn't at an SCCA event. This was at the Drive Auto X event. But uh, there was the new uh, Danny Pop was driving the new C8, which I will get that video out uh, the run that I ran with him shortly. Um, 
But Danny Pop was uh, running the new C8, and I asked if I could go for a run with him. And he more than – he was enthusiastic and, of course, said yes. And it was probably one of the best runs I've ever been on. Uh, not only because it was the C8, but because I, I learned quite a bit, and I recorded it so I could go back and watch it again, which is always good. And that's maybe something you also want to – if you have a GoPro laying around, or if you can hard mount your cell phone to the car, that might be an option so that you can get some feedback, uh, not only from you, but from other people, so that uh, you can see exactly what you're doing. So, you know, just, just set some expectations, don't, but don't set your bar so high that it's unobtainable. That, that's not something you want to do. Uh, something as simple as don't get lost on the course the first time. That, that's a pretty good goal uh, as, as a first event goal. You know, you as a novice, you're, you're looking at it from a do I like this perspective? And, of course, if, if you're a car guy like myself, um, <laughs> you had your first run and then you're like, oh, I want to do more. Yes, please. So it, it's things like that that are going to not only help you set proper expectations, but they're going to help you in the long run. And we'll get into that uh, in, in the future uh, episodes of this series uh, as far as you know what uh, expectations can do as far as setting goals for the future. Uh, because that's always important. You always want to set a goal for your events. So... I, if anyone has any questions, you're more like I said, you're more than welcome to email me, burnoutfamilymotorsports at gmail.com. Ask me any questions you like. To give you a little bit of a preview, our next episode is going to cover while you're at the event. So we're going to talk about um, tips for um, walking the course, uh, driver's meeting, how an event works. Um, typically how they're ran, which I guess goes along with how an event works, uh, with the – what you do, where you grid, uh, how grid works, that kind of thing. And we're going to talk about uh, different scenarios to that, that you might find yourself in as a novice, and I implore you to stay tuned. Uh, these episodes are going to do nothing, but I, I, the goal is to help. Is to help maybe someone pick up the hobby for the first time. Maybe maybe an experienced veteran wants some tips from uh, a, a different point of view. Uh, so we'll see what uh, we can come up with. Uh, this has been Nicholas Bernal. This has been Episode 6 of the Ruthless ST Radio Podcast. And we will see you next time.